Welcome into the Harvest, friends. I am Abigail Wilson, the editor-in-chief here at Into the Harvest, and I'm joined by my good friend, Andrew Stroud. Hey, Andrew, you are our lead here at Into the Harvest, and we are bringing you our second show, I think, for 2022, um, where we hope to bring you just some clarity and confidence in being a disciple and making disciples in the everyday places of life. So we have a fun show prepared for you today. So let's get into it. That sounds great. Yeah. How are you doing, Andrew? Did you get a haircut? I did. So <sighs> I've actually gotten a couple of haircuts because I wasn't sure how how short I was going to go. So in 2021, <laughs> I grew my hair out. And we actually talked about that on one of the shows towards the end of the, uh, the yes. season last year. But yes, I did get a haircut. So you can see I think you've been now. wearing a baseball cap the last few times. But I, yeah. because we talked about it on the show, um, I felt a, a small sense of paranoia that I was gonna miss it. <laughs> um, so I've been like very careful to be, like really look at you and be like, okay, has anything changed? So right, looking lost, good for 2022. I lost a lot of hair. So if you didn't notice <laughs> it, I know you're not a detail person, but if you did not, not notice it, that would have been pretty impressive. Well, that's, that's not that far off, but here we are. <laughs> okay, let's, um, let's get into a listener question. Um, this comes from Luis, uh, who has given us quite a few really great questions um, over the last few seasons. Um, and he writes, does effort and consistency or consistency equal spiritual growth? Now, he sent us this question um, on episode 115, how we failed forward in 2021. So um, if you want kind of the the uh, the con context there, that's what he was um, asking about. And so we're going to get into that question today, and I'm going to let you start us off, Andrew. Yeah, I don't know if Luis's question was based on the fact that we were talking about failing. Um, maybe it was. I think he was trying to give us some, like, I think, <laughs> I think he was trying to help us out, because we were pretty down in that episode. <laughs> Not down, but we were like, man, really scratching the bottom of the barrel. And <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, the way he worded that question, does, does effort and consistency equal spiritual growth. That's an interesting way to, to word it. Uh, I think our effort and our consistency are definitely connected to our spiritual growth. I don't know that they necessarily equal spiritual growth. And Abby, both you and I are, are word nerds. We, we tend to like, I know I do. I, I really I know people, on... people are like, I don't know why you're like so into my sentence. I was just... <laughs> Yes. So, I mean, so I, I, I don't know exactly if Luis was, was meaning to be that uh, precise in his language, yeah. but I would say that no, they do not equal spiritual growth, but um, they're absolutely connected to our spiritual growth. And so um, the, the passage that comes to mind is Paul's words to the Philippians out of mm -hmm. Philippians 2, um, where he tells them to, to work out their salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And so I love that, that passage because you see that there, there's definitely a connection between our effort uh, where we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So yes, our consistency, our effort have a part to play. But at the same time, the very next sentence is, 
it's God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So um, yes, they're connected. Our effort, our consistency are connected to our spiritual growth. Um, and that's, that's because a relationship is always that way. So the quality of, let's just say you're in a relationship and you have a spouse, you know, the, the quality of that relationship is going to in part be determined by your effort and consistency and consistency, but not, but not wholly. Um, so that's, that's the short answer that I would say that, uh, it doesn't equal spiritual growth, but it's absolutely connected to our spiritual growth. What do you think, Abby? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, we do. We like really read these questions, you guys. So if you want to send us like a full on, um, a full on like paragraph to explain your question, we would just eat it. So he is, is probably really laughing at us at this point. But what I thought of when I read this question the first time was um, whenever we are trying to really uh, maybe take some measurements, take some stock of ourselves or those that we're discipling. And um, often these are the areas that are easily measured, right? Because we can measure effort and we can measure uh, consistency pretty well. Like, I think mm. that's something that um, maybe has a little bit more quantitative ability. Quantitative? Yeah. So, um, qualitative. Oh, see, I'm having a word moment. <laughs> I think it's quantitative that you're looking <laughs> for. I do too, but it's a real Monday. So, I, um, okay. So, the point being is that I, I think we tend to lean on it being equal to spiritual growth because it's mm. the thing we can measure. Right. And there's a lot of things about fruit that we're trying to bear fruit spiritually that is completely out of our control. And I think what most of us as believers really struggle with is, do I have any, you know, like anything to prove that I've been, you know, really like sweating it out over here, um, you know, for right. the sake of the gospel. So I think that they're the things that we fall back on the most, but mm -hmm. like you said, I don't think those are, that's it. I think the Lord is measuring a lot of who we are and what we are. And so, especially when thinking about ourselves and maybe those that we're trying to help, these are the areas that we can look to first, right? I mean, these are the areas that I look to first of like, really, if I'm very honest with myself, am yeah. I putting enough effort in or am I being as consistent? So I think they're just really great places to start. So I think he's on the right track. Yeah, in a sense, those are the only things you can control. So yeah. it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, I've got, well, we've, we've all got kids, but I have a son who is 15 years old and Abby, I'm sure that, that girls have something similar, but for boys that are in that age range, you know, you always want bigger muscles. You always want to be taller. You always want to start growing facial hair. Um, there are all of these things <laughs> that you want as a young man, uh, sure. a, a young boy becoming a man, but you can't control any of those things. Like you really ultimately can't control your growth. Um, that's something that you cannot just will into existence, but you, you can definitely control um, exercise, nutrition, those inputs. And I, I think that um, in, in a similar way, spiritually, there are things that we can control and we should be mindful of those, those quantitative inputs that you were talking about. But ultimately, God is the one who is bringing us to maturity. He's the source of life. And he's ultimately the one who's shaping us. 
and helping us come to maturity. And so, um, mm. in some ways I would say we, <laughs> we should trust God for, um, our growth and our maturity while at the same time doing our part, what we can control, um, drawing near to him, um, seeking to be obedient, confessing when we, when we fail, you know, failing forward, like we were talking about, um, it, it's really not perfection that we need to be fixated on, I don't think, but it is progress that we should be wanting to, to grow and move forward. And our effort and consistency does have a part to play. Yeah. Oh man. I feel like we could really go on. I, I really love that analogy. Um, I think the bottom line though, is anytime we're putting our faith um, in ourselves of like, look what I've done right. or look what these people, then that's, you know, we're really missing the boat. Yes. Um, so uh, anytime we're, we're learning and growing in our understanding of God to me is, is probably the biggest spiritual growth we're going to mm -hmm. get. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll leave you there. Um, I'm sure we've probably just created more questions than answers, but uh, that's pretty much how we always go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a conversation. I know it is. Okay, friends. So today's main topic is a little different, um, but I felt like it deserved its own little spot in our show this year. Um, for our main topic, we're going to be talking to Andrew here about um, a big change that's happened here at Into the Harvest and in Andrew's own life. So um, we're going to be discussing some new uh, professional changes for him and what that looks like for Into the Harvest and uh, and just what that looks like for his own walk with the Lord. So uh, I'm excited to kind of uh, grill you with some questions, Andrew. So starting off, just tell everyone who's listening what we're talking about. I won't be cryptic. Um, just kind of the big change that's happened this year. Well, um, the very short version of it is that I'm going to be shifting into bivocational work up in, in recent years, really for the past 20 years, I've been in full-time ministry, um, which means 100% of what it takes to pay my rent, buy groceries for my family, pay the bills, um, comes from donations, people who give to Into the Harvest, or before that we were with an organization called The Navigators, and, and people support the work that we're doing, and they support us by giving. Um, and 100% of our support has, has come through donations for the past 20 years or so. Um, and prior to that, I was, uh, I worked full time and all of my ministry was, you could say, uh, on a volunteer basis, uh, unpaid. So oh, I've kind of been, <laughs> if there's a spectrum, I've been on both ends of this where for seven or eight years, it was all volunteer pro bono. And then for the past 20 years, it's how we have supported ourselves as a family. Mm -hmm. um, but late last year, um, I really began to, to think and pray about whether or not we should shift into kind of splitting the difference and being, and being bivocational. And we have a board of directors, so it was something that we discussed and prayed about and came to the conclusion that, that this did make sense. Uh, and so this year, I'll be shifting into bivocational work. I'll still be mostly focused on Into the Harvest and, and serving as the director and project lead for this ministry. So I'm not going anywhere. Uh, we're no. still going to have podcasts, <laughs> the website. In fact, we've got some, some really cool stuff coming with the website where we're going to have some online course courses that we've been promising to have for over a year now. But I'm telling you, we're actually making it's happening. significant it's progress. Happen. So hopefully by the end of this first quarter, by the end of March, 
uh, we'll have our first course over at the website. So everything's still going to be happening with Into the Harvest, but I'll also be working uh, just a traditional uh, job to mm-hmm. also um, help support our, our family. So that's probably a good starting point, And then we can jump into some Q&A on it. Yeah, thank you. That was very succinct and well put. Um, I'll just go ahead and say, so uh, Andrew lets Brett and I know about this. I, I can't remember at end of last year sometime. And my first reaction, Andrew, was I was so excited um, because, but I had two feelings, uh, but I, the primary one was so excited. So we'll start there. Um, the second one we'll also talk about, which was a little nervous and we're going to get to that one too. So sure. we'll start with, and I'll, I'll tell why, but uh, if you can't already guess, but um, so, so excited because we really feel so strongly about just where ministry and reaching people with the gospel is going here in the United States. And um, that's something that we felt really passionate mm. about for years and years um, since being in the navigators. And then now um, as part of no place left movements, we are around a lot of people who are full-time ministry and we love them all. And we're so thankful for all of the full-time work that they put in. Um, but we know that if we're going to reach this country, this our neighborhoods, and it's going to take all of us, mm-hmm. it's going to take um, those of us who are also having to go to a job every day. So Andrew, like I, that was, that's my viewpoint on like mm-hmm. what like bivocational looks like, but I, from a leadership standpoint, why was it important to you for you to do this? Yeah. Well, first of all, like I said, for 20 years, we have been in full-time ministry yeah. and I still believe that there is a, a, a place for full-time ministry. Uh, I'm not making this shift because I, I felt like what we were doing was, was wrong or out of step with scriptures mm-hmm. or even with what makes sense for the gospel. Um, so I don't have a problem with being in full-time ministry. Yes, um, we'll say that like loud and clear. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think there's a, there's definitely a, an absolute place for people who are giving their full focus, their full time and attention mm-hmm. um, to leading and overseeing ministries. I've often said that in the business world, you you hear the phrase that that time equals money, and I think in full-time ministry, money equals time. So people support you financially. And what that really does is they're giving you time. They're giving you space and capacity to to give your full attention to uh, leading and ministering uh, on behalf of the church. Um, So I I think that that's absolutely an appropriate way to to go forward for for many folks. Um, For us, there were a few reasons why we felt like this was um, a shift that we wanted to make personally. And one of them has to do with the mission of Into the Harvest. Our whole mission is um, ordinary believers in everyday places. And so part of my sense was that um, even though we are plugged into PTA and and sports and our neighborhood, and I'm part of a running club, so there are places where we are in natural places of contact with the the culture around us. one place that was being left out was just the workplace. You know, that's Mm -hmm. not a place that I've had access to uh, a corner of the harvest. Um, And so it it was something that I think um, we felt was sort of a missing opportunity for us to not only talk about, you know, being in the harvest, being in the everyday places, but this was another way that we could be in an everyday place. Mm 
Uh, and that was really the biggest reason is that we didn't, we, I felt like I didn't want to just talk about this to our listeners and our community, but I wanted to be at least um, one foot in that world vocationally. Um, and so that was probably the biggest reason. Well, that was the mm -hmm. biggest reason, but there were some, some other reasons that are associated to, um, I don't know if we have to, how, how deep you want to go into it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, well, one thing that came to mind for me is um, anytime, you know, you're just out there talking to people, you want to relate to them. Right. And like, understand yeah, right. like the struggle is real, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> so you absolutely. being able to be in, um, you know, in a, an everyday kind right. of a, I'm getting at that paycheck kind of a role. Did you, do you feel like that that's a legitimate reason to shift? Like that's a big enough deal? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, there are some opportunities, but there are also some opportunity costs yeah. associated with this shift uh, on our part. And one of those is uh, capacity and uh, availability. Mm -hmm. um, there are time constraints on my life now that weren't there last year, mm -hmm. but that's part of what we wanted to dive into because those are the, the types of, of challenges that our listeners are experiencing and having to, to juggle in terms of responsibilities and, and uh, what you will give your time to, what, what you won't give your time to. Um, yeah. so yeah, that was definitely, uh, a big part of, you know, e even the drawbacks, even the potential drawbacks, I think are important here because mm. they inform our mission with, into the harvest is how are you going to be in the harvest with all mm. of its challenges and yet still seek first the kingdom, still make disciples, yeah. um, still put Jesus first. Yeah. Well, and see that segues well into my second emotion, which was, I was a little nervous because right. <laughs> as your teammate here at Into the Harvest, I, I, and this is like confession time. I've not talked to you about this, so we're going to do it like for everybody, but, um, right. is that I relied on you subconsciously of like, this is Andrew's full-time gig. Like, <laughs> You know, right. I've got all these other things up in there, which is so unfair, by the way. I'm sorry. But <laughs> of like, you know, Andrew will hold the mental load for me because that's his job. Um, and so the shift was like, oh, gosh, I need to now pick up a little bit more Abigail mm -hmm. Slack, which is all good, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I've been making you hold this load for so long. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, there's something to that, too. So maybe that's yeah. even part of the whole why we do have people who are in full-time ministry like there right. are there's often a need to have someone that can yeah. hold a load um maybe take on a little bit more than the rest yeah. of us but um hmm. i don't know maybe we can kind of get into that like what's that gonna feel like for all that maybe we're gonna have yeah. to conjecture here we will come back to this by the way i asked right. andrew to do a follow-up episode in it later on this year we're gonna revisit all of this because right now we're still in month one or two Right. Yeah. We are in early, early days. Yeah. So it will be fun to sort of track this in real time with, mm -hmm. uh, with our community and on the podcast here. But I think you bring up a really good point, Abigail, which I have not felt, of course, just because of uh, our relative positions. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. but I do think I, I felt that on the other end, not so much with you, but just in general, I do think that oftentimes if you're not in full-time ministry, if you're part of a, a team, that does have someone who is in full-time ministry, um, that can be, it's very easy to, to default to that, uh, especially when things are busy or you are in a particular yeah. 
tough stretch yourself, it, it's very easy to, I think, abdicate that to the team lead or whoever's in full-time ministry. Um, so that's a great point that I think this is going to be a fun experiment for our whole team and right. how do we operate differently um, yeah. now that, you know, each we, we have four part-time mm-hmm. uh, members of this team now, including myself. Um, (laughs) but it was, I was full-time and then we had three part-time folks. So now when we have four part-timers, it Mm -hmm. will change the dynamic, I'm sure in terms of, of how we all share the load and and try to support each other. And I, I think it's going to be a good thing, even though there's, there's going to be some growing pains, I'm sure. Well, and I mean, that is such a cool, like thought to, to walk through, I think for probably everyone listening of what would it do if you are full-time and you've yeah. got a team of people who are just any probably, I mean, we're actually part-time, so we're like, you know, really in there, right. but oh, most people in most ministries, it's, it's the, we're all volunteers here, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you have that dynamic, like how will, would it shift if you were all just in the mix together? You know, our church is made up of entirely um, people who go to a nine to five or longer jobs. And right. so um, I think that does add a different element of there's clear leadership. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it takes away that feeling of, well, so-and-so will just take care of it because they got more yeah. time. <laughs> I think, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, it, I, I think it, it, it has to, it's just sort of like a human, I think a, a natural mm-hmm. human response to that kind of a, that kind of a dynamic. But, you know, another reason why I wanted to do this is I do think that on a, so this was on a very personal and on yeah. a team level, everything we've shared so far has been related to that. Um, and even to our mission as into the harvest specifically, because this is our whole gig is trying to encourage the people who are working yeah. nine to fives that, Hey, you're still called to make disciples and you still can. Um, but it probably will take a team approach. It's not going to be something that you can just do on your own. Yeah. And it's not something that you should just um, defer to the full timers that you have a part to play in this. Um, mm. But if I go bigger, if I go to the church at large, I do think that by vocational more and more is going to be the norm uh, mm. for the church in the West. It's already the norm in other parts of the world. Um, and I think we're, we're quickly moving in that direction. Um, we've talked about this just a little bit here on the show, the exodus of full-time pastors uh, in North America. It's, it's, um, it's happening. And so probably more and more, I think the church is moving in two directions. I think it's moving towards um, a smaller number of mega churches where you just have these super pastors um, who are in full-time ministry. And then I think you're moving to the other side, which is where we are, uh, which is going to be more and more smaller gatherings, everyday believers Mm -hmm. who have the, some of whom have the gift of spiritual leadership and are functioning as leaders, but are not in vocational ministry. And so this is something that I think the church at large is going to have to adjust to Mm -hmm. being more bivocational. And so it's something that, um, you know, on a very small scale that we would love to try to, to navigate and figure out, um, not, not because we have to, and I I do want folks to understand that we've, as I said, folks have have very generously, um, partnered with us. We we weren't strapped for cash. (laughs) Yeah. This is 100% something that we're trying to be obedient to the spirits leading. It's, it's not that we have to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, now having said that, um, 
I know we've got people who believe in us, you know, continue to support into the harvest, even though our salary is, is going down in terms of the amount that uh, we, we will need from into the harvest. Mm -hmm. The ministry itself still has those needs. And if anything, it will give us the opportunity to, to grow the ministry by, by bringing others onto the team or by outsourcing some of the things that we've had to do in-house, we'll be able to have the funds to, to actually bring in people who are good at those things <laughs> to, uh, yeah. to do those for us. <laughs> yes. And, and that's very exciting. I am, I'm pretty pumped about those, um, yeah. those uh, hopefully future things that can happen um, with this change. Okay. So on, we'll just do these real quick. Um, yep. So on a personal scale, like, how do you feel? Um, what will be like, what was the thing you're most nervous about? Um, and it could, it could be like literally about your job. It doesn't have to be like ministry related, but maybe it is. Man, that is a great question. And <laughs> you probably weren't nervous at all. Cause you know, you're like a robot man. <laughs> you're like, I've got this. <laughs> so you know what? I mean, in some ways I love, I love challenges. I love new things. Yes. Um, I love learning new things. <laughs> you were like, yay, change. <laughs> Yeah, the thing that I'm most uncertain about, um, and this is just being very vulnerable with our listeners, is how people will perceive this, uh, mm. and, and particularly how people who have have faithfully donated to us will perceive it. Will they continue to support into the harvest? Um, mm -hmm. Will they view it as, oh, this is a step back from the mission, right. and therefore I, I'm not going to be as involved, and I'm not going to support the work of into the harvest. Uh, mm. either whether that's prayer or by uh, giving. Um, yeah, so I think just people maybe not understanding it. Hopefully this show will be a part of helping people understand why we're taking this step at this time. But yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing is that folks might not understand why we're doing it. And, and it might even be a discouragement in some way to, to people. But mm. yeah, well, hopefully not. I think it should excite people because to me, it's, it really is going deeper and further into our goal. I mean, this, yeah. we really are, you're just going deeper into the harvest, uh, literally. So um, I, I hope it excites people when they hear yeah, about it. I hope so too. So on that, on that flip side, on the positive side, so what uh, would you like to see be like one of the biggest blessings that comes from this? And maybe you've already answered this a little bit. Yeah, I think when, when, in my mind, two things that I'm really hoping to do is one, I want to be a light for Jesus uh, in my new workplace. Um, and that's, that's already happening. So um, I'm already working part-time um, and I can, I can share with folks, I'll be working in the uh, residential uh, mortgage loan industry. I've got a good friend that I've known for 20 years that um, I'm joining his team. And so uh, I'm already getting the chance just to be open about my faith and to share, to share Jesus and that, that perspective, the kingdom perspective, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one big thing that I'm excited about. And then the other thing is what we've already talked about a little bit, which is just having to navigate those challenges in mm -hmm. a new way um, for myself and for Cindy and our family, um, whether that's schedules or capacity, energy, mm -hmm. um, even though that's going to be a challenge, I'm excited about that because I think that that is at the root of what it means to, to be in the harvest. Yes. I, to me, it is like the coolest experiment to do on Andrew because, um, 
because the hard thing about being bivocational is 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 to me the mental aspect of it it's it's not necessarily the the doing of the two different things it's it's the what are you going to put your your mind and your thoughts into am i going to spend yeah. all my time over here thinking about these other things going on or am i going to be thinking right. about you know so it's it's really the mind game. So I will be yeah. uh, checking in and I want to hear about that. I hope you're going to have some great thoughts for all of us here. I think it's going to yeah. really um, be good fodder for uh, for podcasting as we move forward this year. So thanks so much for just giving us a little taste here at the beginning of this journey for you. Um, and we'll, we'll be sharing with our listeners as we move forward, but uh, we're excited. So um, we hope... Um, if you have questions for Andrew, let us know in our comments and we want to hear what you think. Uh, so thanks, Andrew. So we're going to, we'll check back in in a few um, months or so and we'll do another, another uh, check in and see if everything's changed for Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. All right. Okay. So our last um, segment today is our faith and culture segment. And today we're going to be talking about, um, we put it as faithful discipleship in the age of the metaverse, which is a sentence I never thought I would have to say, but here I just oh said it goodness. out loud. But here oh we are, goodness. it's 2022, and we live in the age of the metaverse. Yeah, this is probably a word that people have heard more and more. If you haven't, and even if you have, you might be like, what are we talking about here? The metaverse. Yeah. So if my you're best, old like me, you may not know. Tell us what it is. <laughs> well, this is my best understanding of it. This is what how it makes sense to me. And so in modern life, you have what we've always had as humans, which is our external physical, social interactions. Um, and we're all familiar with that. But really over the past 15, 20 years, we've had a parallel world that has uh, that has arisen, which is our online lives. And, you know, each of us spend a different proportion of our time online, whether that's online gaming, whether that's watching YouTube, whether that's on social media, watching Netflix, you know, we're plugged into these online spaces of, of attention and in even interaction with others people we know, strangers that we never met and never will. And that is the metaverse. So the metaverse is the part of your life that's happening online that is, in, in a sense, completely detached from the physical reality that you and I inhabit. And so what we're talking about today, Abby, is how do we live faithful lives as disciples of Jesus in a time where this is happening, where not only ourselves, but those that we're reaching out to are living this um, this divided life, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, between the physical world and and our online lives. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> so, Andrew, my first thought is my children. I don't know if that's if that may just be like the mom in me, but like how how am I gonna prepare my kids for yeah. this this life? Like that's that's where I that's immediately was like. I mean, we could go the Amish route and that seems right. like it'll be the right way to go. But I know that that's, hmm. that's at least for now, we're, we're in, we're all kind of dipping our toes in this to a right. certain degree. Now, does this explain to me though, does this actually pertain to you and me really in the sense of, so I'm on social media 
Right. I'm not into gaming or anything. Like, where does right. the where does it lie? Like, am I in the metaverse? <laughs> that Instagram, like, what is it? The short answer is, I would say that we're all in the metaverse. It's just a question uh, of how much. Okay. So how much time are you spent? Um, I mean, th this is a great example of this is if you go into a coffee shop. Okay. Uh, chances are. 80% of the people that are seated at tables will either be, they'll be on some sort of electronic device. You know, you're very rarely going to walk into a coffee shop and see two people talking. <laughs> so you're going to see people on phones, on laptops. Um, so and, and, and so it's just a way of understanding, like that's just a, a, okay. a symbol of, so all of us are there because, you know, most people that are listening to this probably have an Instagram or a Facebook account, or they, they're watching okay. Netflix. Um, but I think the other way that it really applies to us is that the people we're trying to reach as disciple makers are, are also, so even if you do take a more conservative approach where you're, you're spending very little time, you know, in the metaverse, mm -hmm. uh, society at large is to a large extent hurtling headlong towards yes. spending more and more of their time online. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially with things like, um, um, Oculus and, um, you know, VR goggles where, sure. where you can just have these, ex these immersive <laughs> experiences again, like it's not something I'm doing, but, uh, a lot of people you know what it is. <laughs> I just feel like I should read some articles or something. Uh, okay. In some ways we should definitely be aware of it, which is why, yes. you know, we've got like four or five minutes here. We're not going to exhaust this, but we want to start talking about it more and more because. It's, okay. it's part of the future. Yeah. So maybe number one to answer this question sort of, of what is it going to be like for us to be faithful disciples in this age yeah. is to be aware of what's going on. I mean, right. even just in the last month or two, um, just a couple of new people have come to faith in our ministry um, that we never met before. And just, they are just living totally different lives from yeah. all of us. And it's, it's reminding me that it is both good that as believers, we do have a, just a different life and mm -hmm. it is wonderful to have, live in the hope of Jesus. But I also kind of can't live on a mountaintop either. Um, so I think that's a really great point, Andrew. And you are really good at that. You're like a, 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 a studier of the world. And I think that is a benefit to us as disciple makers. Um, yeah. Maybe the other thing is that, um, you know, it's, it's always going to be about idols, right? Like right. that's why the Bible is literally filled with um, idol worship stories because yeah. God knew we were always going to struggle with them. They're just really more, that's not a very country just then. I just had like a Texas moment, but they're just very more like um, fancy and, uh, and uh, scary in my opinion. <laughs> they were in biblical times. We need to be, like you said, we need to be aware of, just the current reality that that we live in in society and culture. Um, I think we also need to be aware of some of the unique challenges that that this new way of living and and being presents. This thing is really um, it goes pretty deep, Abigail. Like I said, we're not going to get into it today, but there are some huge implications. Um, yeah. Even even things that have to do with uh, what it means to be human, I, which I know is, I probably shouldn't okay. even say because it's kind of cryptic, but 
but um, no, I, I know where you're going here. And this <laughs> is where like, I would like to be able to sleep tonight. Right, Andrew, right, right. So let's not so, get too scary. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun. Maybe this will be another one that we do a deeper dive in on a future episode. I mean, folks, will let it, us know. Will if, it be fun? I don't will, think so. Well, you can me, have a guest. Come on. Get someone. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. Maybe I'll, exactly. I will happily <laughs> step away. So, something else, though, that I think is important for us, if we want to be faithful as disciples of Jesus, I do think it's important for us to understand that our faith, the Christian faith, it is rooted in the physical world. And Abby, you and I talked about this just a little bit when we were discussing mm-hmm. this topic for the show. Um you know, one of the first challenges that that came at Christianity was Gnosticism and and especially the teaching that Jesus was not a physical man, that he mm-hmm. um, that he was something less than or other than physical. And early Christians fought to make it clear that no, our faith is that Jesus, the Son of God, came down. He had a physical birth. He was a physical man. He died a physical death. He uh, experienced a physical resurrection, and even today, because he ascended as a as a physical as a physical man, uh, the Jesus that we believe in is is a physical person. He is united to us, and we live in a physical world. We believe in uh, a new heavens and a new earth. That 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 there will be a physical resurrection for us as well, and so. Um, this idea that we can just detach ourselves and that life can be something other than physical, mm. I think is um, in some fundamental way at odds with the Christian faith, the historical Christian faith and our understanding of what it means to be human and what the future holds, not just for us, but for mankind, that, that God is committed to this, this physical earth. He's committed to us as physical beings uh, he's, he's going to perfect us, but we will be physical creatures <laughs> in yeah. the age to come. And so the idea that you can just sort of, uh, forego your physical life and, and, and export your consciousness into this online life, right. um, it is fundamentally at odds with Christianity. So even though mm-hmm. I, I would say that we don't need to totally, you know, go off the map and not have a Facebook account or an Instagram account. Um, at the same time, we do need to understand that, that that online world, the metaverse, is intrinsically at odds with uh, historic Christianity. Yes. And I mean, I think that's, that's probably where we should leave it. I will. <laughs> uh, I mean, and, and maybe the question to, as you're listening to this, and if you think like, oh, Andrew's being dramatic, um, mm-hmm. maybe if we just think about how things of the technology nature, how they affect us yeah. in our real spiritual realm, like how does spending time in these metaverse places, how is that affecting our real tangible right. life? Our relationships are yeah. just our relationship with Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. So all those things, I, I think, point to exactly what you're saying. So um, sobering stuff. Um, Definitely. Yes, I'll look forward to that um, special episode that you will be doing <laughs> without yes. me. Yes. <laughs> all right, friends. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that it's um, been a blessing and encouragement to you. We can't wait to hear your questions, comments, um, all the things. Don't forget to like us 
um, like this um, episode on YouTube if you're watching us there. Um, subscribe if you're a podcast listener. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done that already. We love those. And it's February, which is the time when you should send us some love. So um, all that to say, thanks so much. We really appreciate all of you. And we can't wait to see you next time. So thanks, Andrew. We'll see you guys later. Bye, guys. Thank you.